Hello, friends. I am so glad that you can be here with us today. We have got a special conversation planned for you that is going to really be extremely practical of ways that you can be protecting your children, whether you're taking them into public, into a shopping center or out into nature, into the depths of the forest. I've got a new friend with me here today. Her name is Amber. She is a mama to three children. They are eight, six, and four. And Amber is from Southern Louisiana. And she was a nurse who has now transitioned into being really a self-reliance advocate and to empowering people to know how to protect themselves in when harm's way comes. And you are just going to be so very encouraged by her today. You're going to want to follow her, her best places on Instagram. You can find her at ms.amber.l-e-l-l-e. And as always, I will, um, put that down in the show notes below, but I know that she is going to really empower you to feel confident in doing bold things in life with your children and feeling just fully equipped to do so. So I'm really glad you can be here and know that you're going to enjoy our time that we have with Amber today. Hi friends. Welcome to the Seek Holy Living Podcast with Christus Faboda. I am a wife to my wonderful husband, mom to my five precious children, and a friend to some amazing moms that I can't wait to introduce to you. Mothering is not a journey meant to be traveled alone. Join me every Monday for a new podcast where you will find hope, joy, and purpose. Amber, it is so nice to be with you today. Thanks for joining us. Yes, same. I'm so excited to be here. So this is going to be a great conversation. I love doing things that are practical and giving moms real tangible things to know, okay, this is important. Here's what you do so that you leave this 30 minute conversation with something new to be able to actually implement into your home. That's my goal for all of our conversations. So in this one today, we're going to be talking specifically about protecting our children and what our role is as a mom in protecting our children when we're in public with them and how we can use that mama bear instinct that I believe God put inside us. There is nothing that man could have done to create the protective nature that I feel in my body for my children. And I'm excited to put some feet to that for moms today. So share with us, how do you even get in this realm of encouraging moms through Instagram and through your trainings that you do on how to protect your children? Yeah. So how did I arrive here? Um, good question. <laughs> uh, so I mean, for years I had an Instagram and for me, it's always been about application too. everything I do, whether it was, you know, I spent seven years teaching people about essential oils and natural wellness. I I'm a registered nurse. Um, but that's what I had chose to do was stay home with my children and to teach, to educate families in that manner. And, um, it was, it was fun to give people practical application and to be able to give them steps to implement into their life. And for me, teaching and educating and breaking things down, like digesting it in a way has always been my very, very favorite. Um, and I, I even loved it in nursing school. Like when I was in the hospital and I'd be teaching new moms, I'd be, um, I'd be asking them, you know, what are ways I can make this easier for you? Like on the postpartum unit. 
how, what are you not understanding? How can I make this more applicable for your life? Because for me, everything was so utopian in nature. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to make it a lot more practical. And my teachers would laugh at me um, constantly. And they'd be like, you are the educator in the class. Like, you need to just come back and be a nursing school instructor. Um, so I just loved educating people and finding ways to make it easier um, mm -hmm. and finding ways that was, it was, it resonated more with people. And so that's what I spent years doing on Instagram. I was raised rural and preparedness was just part of our life you know, and, and it, it really overflowed into the way that I raised my children from the very start. Um, they're raised rural as well. And I feel like we just have to be more mindful when we're out and about mm -hmm. on the farm, especially here in Louisiana, like teaching them how to avoid snakes or other dangers. Like they are, they're imminent. They're everywhere when you're, when you're around here. And so preparedness just came natural. And then when 2020 hit, and everybody felt so ill-equipped and vulnerable. I feel like that's what really came out where people's vulnerabilities were highlighted. Whenever the normal, the, the typical routines of life were shifted for a bit and everybody had to take a pause and breathe, they were hit in the face with all of these vulnerabilities that existed. And suddenly they became unsure about the world that they lived in and, and that unstable ground left them feeling like they were lacking. And so mm -hmm. it really organically just shifted. My Instagram shifted um, in probably the early summer of 2020. And I felt so emboldened to just show people that they didn't have to be operating from a, a, such a place of fear, which I yes. feel like so many people are doing right now. They're completely operating out of fear and to show them how such small transitions and shifts change that because I saw, I saw as everyone around me started to be, to, to be more fearful and to express the things that they felt fearful about. I saw the ways in which I felt equipped and I felt empowered. Mm -hmm. And so it started in my small community and network of people just showing them, okay, well, if we do this, that simple change offsets that fear. You don't have to worry about that anymore. That frees up so much space inside of you to focus on other things in life. And so I, I realized like, wow, there is a desperate need for this. Um, and so I shifted into that. And then I got connected with Fieldcraft Survival, which is the company I work with now as their director of family preparedness and uh, women's development. And um, it was, it just was a synchronous type of relationship. They were looking for somebody to take over the family realm who was a mom who taught her children, who lived that lifestyle naturally. Wow. And, um, and it was, so it was a perfect fit and it really just exploded from there. It seems like God just prepared you for this place with you, not knowing that you were going to be prepared for it, but just set you up for it in such a wonderful way. It, I mean, I, I, in my early twenties, if I would have said there would be such a desperate need for that, just that simple just to show people how you were living your life, I would have laughed. It's so, mm -hmm. it's so funny how things unfold and things unwrap and you're like, Oh, okay. Like I can do that. I that feels easy. Yes, absolutely. I've been preparing for this. This is, this is wonderful. And when it's something that's so natural to you mm -hmm. and that you're so passionate about, um, being able to step into that place is so refreshing yeah. and amazing and incredible. And just watching it, um, watching it grow and watching the benefit of it for other people has been 
just a blessing unto itself. I always feel so privileged having these conversations because this is what it always is. It's with moms about the things that they are naturally so strong in that I'm always so encouraged afterwards. Like I can do, I can do better because you're good at this and you've encouraged me. So, so thank you for that. And I do think you're right. I think about that verse that says, God did not give us a spirit that makes us afraid. He gave us a spirit of power and love and of a sound mind. And I think what you have to offer is to begin giving some tangible steps towards a sound mind, because when we are not of a sound mind, when our, when our mind is not prepared, when we don't have a plan in place, then when the problems come, we're not prepared to know how to respond to them. But when we have a plan in place, then we have practiced in our mind, maybe even practiced with our bodies, what steps we're going to take to solve the problem. And then we don't have to live in the fear and our children feel prepared and we feel prepared. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I do, I I so often think about, um, even David, when we refer back to the Psalms and the Psalms where he's just overcome with anxiousness Mm -hmm. and how, how, when you hear in his, in his voice, it's like, it's in the pit of his stomach. It's, Mm -hmm. it's taken over and controlled his life, this inability to control situations around him. And, and so not that that shows any wisdom towards the act of preparing, but it shows the power in which having that weight on our mind and just on our chest and in our gut, just feeling our body, how it affects Mm -hmm. our soul and our ability to operate 100%. Absolutely. Okay. So let's start first. I do want to go a little bit into some of the rural spaces. Cause I think that moms listen from all over the world. So it's fun thinking about there are moms who are in the Southern California world that I'm in. There are probably moms in the South Louisiana world that you live in. And then there's moms in other countries completely. So where we are is going to impact the environment we're taking our children into. So when we take our children out of our home, um, meaning we're going somewhere else, What are some of the steps that you would recommend that a mom take in advance before taking their children out with them to go into the world, regardless of if it's a more urban area or more rural, what, what are some starting steps you would recommend? So for me, it's always important for me to do my due diligence as a mom and research what is in the area. If it's a new park, I'm going to be, we, we live in a day and age of technology where we can look online and see where is this park on the maps? Is there a road close to it? A busy road? These, there are such easy distinguishing features we could see. Is there a body of water near this park? What, what is there so that I can start to create a picture and a map in my mind about the place in which we will be going? Our physical bodies will be moving from this safe space of our home to another location where vulnerabilities exist. I would point those out to myself and this happens so simply, like think about you're nursing a baby, get on your phone rather than being on social media, like look up this location you're going Mm -hmm. to, what does it look like? What's there? And then you prepare yourself to have conversations with your children in advance. Hey guys, this is where we're going to be going today. It's in this park going to be so fun. We're going to have so much fun together. Now, listen, there's a road next to this park. We never want to go near roads, right? Because cars pass. I explain dangers to children in a way that they understand why it would be a danger. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work for children in the long term to just tell them to avoid a situation simply to avoid it. You have to explain to them why so that they can start to formulate the rationalization in their head that carries them through into the independent stages. 
And because you're not always going to be there and they build that, that's the building blocks from which they develop their own sense of self-awareness and situational awareness. Um, so conversations it, and for me, it's, it's like, that's the most important part of parenting, you know, other than having a a solid foundation of faith that you're operating Mm -hmm. from is the relationship that you're, that you are nourishing between you and your individual children, Mm -hmm. depending on their individual needs. And so what negativity could come from just enhancing the conversations with your children through forewarning them about not, you're not even warning them in a sense, you're You're just preparing them, alerting them to, yeah. And this is the expectation of mom. And this is what you're going to see. And this is how you avoid danger. And and I always call it a sandwich. Like you start with something really fun and positive. Like we're going to have so much fun. And then you include the lesson in the middle. And then you sandwich the end with like, this is going to be amazing. What are you looking forward to the most? I'm looking forward to watching you down, go down the slide. Like, are you going to go down the slide for mom? Do you think mom can go down the slide with you? Like you sandwich it for mm-hmm. them. And so it's not like a, now there's a pond and you could drown. You could die. Yeah. <laughs> so don't go by the pond. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And yes. it creates such confident children. Like mm-hmm. truly, when you start to see the fruit of it, it's amazing. And it's so empowering to watch how they're ready. Like they're ready to navigate those circumstances. Mm -hmm. And then you start to see the leadership skills rise up in them as well. And, you know, there may be a friend or a child they don't even know at the park. And I'll hear them say, now we don't go by the water because water can be dangerous if you don't know how to swim, you know, like in their sweet little innocent childlike way. And you're like, yes, they're getting it. So just preparing yourself for what you're going to see, preparing your children for what they may see. That's the simplest. That's the simplest thing I can, I can, um, express. And then tools are important too. So for me, we call it everyday carry or EDC. It's a military term because I work with military men, but it's what's on your person. And so for mm-hmm. me as a mom, it's having the supplies. I know I need to offset any type of vulnerability, whether that's medical supplies or an alternate means of communicating with my children. It could be as simple as a whistle to be able to communicate Mm -hmm. with them because they don't have cell phones at that age. Mm -hmm. Um, Like a little whistle on a little bracelet that they can have, that they can, you can't see them up in the slide. It's a big play area. They could communicate to you that way rather Mm -hmm. than you, you know, screaming your head off, trying to find your kid. You could have like a communication signal with your whistles. I watched a mom, you know, I watched a mom. We went to a new playground the other day and um, I watched a mom who has six children there with us whistle that she's just got one of those incredible, like lip whistles with her mouth. Oh, I am so jealous of those moms. Yeah. It was powerful. So she whistled and I was like ducklings. You know how you see a mama duck, like quack and all the ducklings come running and lining up. You can tell she had practiced this and she had prepared them for this, that like they've done this many times, obviously, because it's like all the Vaughn traps. It totally was. They just, they all came running and she gave them their instruction and they turned back around and went off to run. And I was like, wow, that's a tool I need. I watched another mom do it with a clicker one day. She had like a buzzer thing. It had like a loud click to it. Um, but it was loud enough that it was a poppy sound. And when she did it, her three boys came running, she gave them their instructions and off back they went. So I think that's an excellent, that's an excellent idea. And people laugh and they're like, okay, like loosen up a little bit. No, not going to loosen up. This makes me loosen up. Mm -hmm. If you don't think children 
thrive when they feel that sense of security, you know, like I have watched my children get into vulnerable situations. I myself have been in vulnerable situations as a child that I remember. And when you feel the lack of like, what if my mom's yelling and I can't hear her? Or what if I need to yell at my mom and she can't hear me? No one likes to feel vulnerable. No Mm -hmm. one likes to feel like there's a void that exists there. And so when they feel it's just like with routine or with reassurance Mm -hmm. and with stability, when they know that there's a plan in place Mm -hmm. and they're free to have fun, they're, that's the literal definition of what they are. They are free. They feel Mm -hmm. free to have fun and to live in their free spirit. Like my children are wild and free. They're free range as free range as they come, (laughs) but they're, they know their systems in place you know? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so it, like, if I'm in an airport or a, a high traffic area like that with them, or we're navigating a city, they have little fanny packs that they wear. Um, they have backpacks from we're camping or where we're hiking. And there's a lot more, <laughs> I have a little one walking in the background. It's okay. Um, there's a lot more at play. Like we need water purification methods and bungee cords and things like that, but their fanny packs they use when we're in high traffic areas. Mm-hmm. Is this for me? Thank you. Aww, she brought you a coffee. She did. That's so I love sweet. you. <laughs> um, their fanny packs have mm-hmm. identification cards in them, which have phone numbers for me and two other family members, mm. any medical information that's important. And even my four-year-old, which you just, which you just mm-hmm. saw, I'll, I'll ask her like, what happens if you get separated from mom? She's like, I find a mom and I give her my card. And so she knows, like, maybe she doesn't Mm -hmm. have my phone number memorized at this age, but she has a tool she can use to communicate back to me. Otherwise, there would be nothing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She could tell somebody her name and my name, but how does somebody find you that way immediately? And you know what I mean? So um, just thinking through these contingencies, having conversations with other moms makes you realize and become a lot more clear on what you need, like what the tools you need, Mm -hmm. depending on where you are. Like you said, like the supplies Mm -hmm. you're going to need outside of LA are going to be a little different than the supplies I need Mm -hmm. here in the other LA, Louisiana. Right. Right. No, I think that what you said though, about thinking about where you're going, because that really applies across the board. Cause it made me think about my days. I thought, okay, so going to, maybe we're going to a shopping center in a city I haven't been in before. And so I'm going to prepare my kids before we go. Hey, we haven't been here before. Remember when we get out of the car, here's where we're going. Here's how we stand. We have a system for getting out of the car and getting in the car because I do think cars are a really potentially high touch risk. The tires. Space. <laughs> touch the tires. Are, yours, are yours tires? Is that your system? Yeah. I'm like, everybody touch the tires. <laughs> ours is ours is stand on the line. So okay. she stands, they know they, they get their toes all up on the line and wait there. And my nine-year-old can hold my three-year-old's hand so that she has a partner with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and they all know it to where if one of them isn't one of the, they're looking out for each other. Like you said, they look out for their friends. They look out for each other too. So when you have plans in motion, you work as a family unit in a better way that they 100%. know they're taking care of each other also. And not that they're carrying the responsibility of caring for each other, but we're a team. And if we mm-hmm. don't function as a team, then we can't do the things when people ask me all the time. I don't, I don't know how you do it with, I guess it was just when I had four, when I had four and we were going to Disneyland, we had passes. And so I'd take the kids by myself to Disneyland and people would say, I don't know how you do it. And I'd say, well, you just do it. But the truth is I did it with a plan and they would, we would always know we'd always look together. Where did we park? 
when we got there. So we'd all know we knew how to walk. And it's interesting, even walking in crowds, my younger children know we hold onto the cart or we hold onto the stroller while we're walking. If they're too big to be in the stroller, cause it keeps them safe with me in a crowd. And, um, it's funny. Cause my husband, when he's pushing the stroller, he'll be like, get off the stroller, <laughs> hold your mom's hand. Like it's quit hanging on. Plan. <laughs> That's what I had to tell him. It's part of our plan. Um, and actually, so my husband going there for a minute, he's in law enforcement. He has worked, um, for goodness, many, many years, 17 years, I think now 18 years in law enforcement. And he has worked in some very, very dark, hard places and seen horrible things. So he has an eye for expecting the worst. So blessing or curse, I'm going to go ahead and take the blessing of it. But when you mentioned the sandwich thing of it, I find that that's what we do as a team, because when we're going on a trip, I say, it's going to be so fun. I'm so excited. We get to go as a family. Let me pray for us. And I pray for our trip together in the car. And then in no time at all, my husband starts. All right, guys, if the car catches fire, who's what's our exit plan. And my mom, it's so funny. My mom heart's always like, stop it. Don't be like the car is going to catch fire (laughs) Um, because it's probably not going to catch fire. How many times have we been in a car on fire? I'm going to (laughs) say never. Um, but he always talks about what's the exit plan of the vehicle. Who's going to get who and how do we get out? And he's done it so many times that they know exactly what the exit plan is. And then I always finish up with, but guys, odds that that's going to happen are pretty slim. We're going to have so much fun. What snack do you want to get when we stop at the gas station? Um, but of all things, Amber, our last trip we took, we were in the middle of nowhere. It was like a million degrees and thank God we were in a parking lot. Our radiator blew, and our car smelled like it started to fill with smoke and it smelled so bad. And as soon as we stopped, they jumped into action and every kid, my husband calmly went over the plan when the car, when we were pulling to a stop, he said, remember the plan, you know how to get out. We need to do it right now. And it wasn't fearful. It wasn't angry. There was zero panic in a moment that should have been what happened? This is scary. Mm -hmm. Everyone did exactly what he had practiced over and over with them. And we were all fine. And it was a funny long story of how we ended up even finding a car that would fit our whole family during COVID Mm -hmm. in the middle of nowhere, but God totally provided, but that preparedness prepared us for that moment. Mm -hmm. And I was so thankful for it. They are, they are little warriors and, you know, this world calls for us to be little warriors, to be warriors. And, mm-hmm. and so rather than them fearfully trying to figure out what to do, they're busy with, be, with being tasked with what they know to do already. Mm-hmm. And so their mind can't even go to that anxious state. You know, the amygdala of our, our brain so powerful and the amygdala, like our primitive response of fight, flight or freeze, mm-hmm. um, when it knows what to do, like they can have that initial primitive response, but they can unfreeze themselves and start to work on the task at hand because they're not having to create the answer. It's been Mm -hmm. created for them through you, the adult who loves them and was sent to protect them. And you know what to do much more efficiently than they know what to do in their little, at their, that little age. Um, and so it just makes sense. Once you think about it, like the, having a plan for them, it gives them an action. And so they can respond to a situation rather than react to a situation. That's wonderful. I 
Agree with that hundred percent. Okay. So one thing that I know is a question is how do we go about preparing our children without instilling a deep fear in them? So I have thinking about my kids. One of mine is very good at seeing the potential problems. And I say good because I actually think it's a gift. It's a challenge mm-hmm. sometimes, but it also really is a gift. And, um, as my kids are getting older, I'm actually finding there have been circumstances where they, this child has said to me, I don't think this is a safe choice because mm-hmm. of this. And my husband has encouraged me to listen to that because he has said, you know what? They're looking out for our family and we have empowered them to be discerning and to use wisdom. And if it's not unreasonable, I think you need to honor that and to continue to empower that sense of protection. That's a beautiful thing for a child Mm -hmm. to have. So my question is how do we give this information to children without lighting a fire of fear in them? That could be really, um, I could see it being almost inhabilitating for a child to say like, I can't, I'm scared Mm -hmm. now. Yeah. I, and I've, I've had moms of teenagers quite often reach out to me who that's, that's a lot of times when you see that anxiety really, really, um, just wired throughout every aspect of their life is once it's like uh, been allowed to grow a little bit into the mm-hmm. preteen teen years who've said like, I can't have this conversation with my children. It will just terrify them. I'm like, just try, just have the conversation. And it's, it's like almost a cycle constantly. It's like, well, you need to have this conversation with your children because they need to know they can, they can communicate with you. You need to have open communication with your children and that's going to give them security in and of itself. But then you're going to really learn how their brain works and it's going to be easier for you to navigate with this with them. And you need to be able to explain the why to them and understand where their fear is coming from and understand and, and explain that fear to them and then help negate that fear mm-hmm. and then bring it back to having that open door of communication so that they know that they can constantly bring that back to you and you can help them walk through and work through those kinks. Mm -hmm. And so it's like a constant cycle that I'm telling you, like, you need to have the conversations, you need to have the relationship, they need to feel secure. Um, But here's something that I teach my children is that our brain sees our eyes are the organs that are taking things in, but our brain is what's seeing and processing. And the brain sees things that the eyes don't see at times. And we were given, we weren't given the sharpest claws or the fastest legs, you know, like other animals were that were made to survive with those sharp claws and with those fast legs. The human humans were given a very wise brain and the ability to critically think and to discern and to reason and to use wisdom. And so that's what we need to think about and rely on when it comes to protecting ourselves is that even for people that carry concealed carry firearms, listen, that can't be your crutch. You can't say I'm safe because I have a gun. What happens when you end up in a in a location or a state or a country where you can't carry a firearm Mm -hmm. or you're in a government building or a stadium where you can't have a firearm and suddenly your only means of defending yourself has dissipated. It's vanished. Mm -hmm. What do you do then? That can't be your crutch, your brain and your ability to be aware of your surroundings, Mm -hmm. to read people's emotions, to read a room, to use discernment, read the room, read Mm -hmm. the room and they do critically look for it. 
Yeah. That's your number Mm -hmm. one defense. Yeah. I hope, I hope women everywhere and men everywhere listening to this never have to pull a firearm. Mm -hmm. I hope you're, you're able to avoid all dangerous scenarios Mm -hmm. because you've used wisdom and you've, you've used your mind. And so I teach my children that your brain will see. And when your gut tells you something's wrong, maybe it's not something your eyes have seen. It's something your brain has seen and it's connected it to another knowledge. You know, maybe your children are aware of a part of town that is a little more high risk and you pull up to a gas station and maybe they see something out of the ordinary that they can't quite distinguish, but that action is connected to the knowledge of this being a high risk location. And so suddenly they feel something in their gut and they express it to you. Mm -hmm. You have to listen, Mm -hmm. even if it feels unsubstantiated, most gut instincts are feel unsubstantiated. And that's how we get ourselves into scary situations because we're like, no, we brush it off. We don't want to be, you know, I don't want to be that personally. Yeah. Judgmental. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So So listening to those substantiate, those unsubstantiated Mm -hmm. fears is so critical Mm -hmm. and helping them when they express a fear for me, this is huge too. I say, okay, what are we? actually scared of. Let's talk about this and get to the root of it. Because what we think we're afraid of isn't actually what we're afraid of. They're not afraid of a dark street because dark streets aren't scary in and of themselves. They're scared of something that they don't see on the dark street that could harm them. So, okay, let's talk about how we could avoid this. How do we avoid a dark? How do we avoid that fear? Maybe we always have something with us. That's a light source or maybe we take an alternate route or there's always a way to negate the fear. Mm-hmm. And so once you start walking that walk with your children and having those conversations, they realize, Oh, there's tools. I don't have to be afraid of what I thought I was afraid of, or maybe what I thought I was afraid of isn't my actual fear. Mm-hmm. And you help them work through the fears by giving them tools. And, and it doesn't, it, doesn't create a sense of anxiety in children. It creates empowerment and it creates independence. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I mean, our goal is to raise children who are self-disciplined, self-aware people, and they're not growing up in a safer world than we are. That's another thing I realize. Sometimes I think parents think, well, I can just do it the same way my family did it. We're not raising children for the same world that we were raised for. And so just because this didn't happen in your home as a way that you were raised, doesn't mean your children don't need it now, because I don't think our world is getting safer. And I think we need to prepare our children for the world that God has called them to live into, which is different than the world that he called us to live into. And they're going to need different tools for that. So I think you're right. Hey, one more thing I wanted to mention, do you guys have like a code word or a safe word or something like that that you use? Yeah, 100%. It's our pro word. Um, And so they know how exactly to respond to it. If I were to say the word in public, um, we have a plan where older child grabs youngest child and middle child, they get in a certain formation behind me. And if we have close friends or family that are with us, like a babysitter, they are, they know the pro word too, because we have a plan about who grabs who. Um, And they know that they don't get to ask questions at this point in time. It's 100%. They become militant, listen to mom. It's because danger's imminent and mom's going to get us out of this scenario. And whatever mom says we do, we do without asking questions. That's and, wonderful. Um, yeah. So we use the pro word and they know they can use the pro word too. Mm-hmm. And then I actually use, um, there's a color system. It's called the Cooper's color system of awareness. It was created by a 
the federal air marshals use it. Um, and so it's a system of primary colors that, you know, yellow is just a state of constant awareness. Orange is a little bit of heightened awareness. Like you've noticed something that deviates from the normal patterns of routine and it's kind of piquing your, your interest and your attention. And then red is where the threat has fully presented itself and your plans have to be implemented. Then you don't live in a state of red. That's when right. Like all the adrenals start, yeah. the adrenal glands start pumping um, cortisol and adrenaline and all the things start happening with your organs and your hands feel tingly. Like you don't live in a state of red, right? You're just there for a moment to save yourself. Um, and so I've actually taught them that system so mm. that they can use the pro word and then they can use a color if they're trying to signal to me at what state they're in. Like maybe they just recognize something that's a threat, not an imminent threat. And it's easy. Colors are easy. Um, and I can use the color system back to them too. But, but like when I was walking through the airport last week with all the kids, my six-year-old was like, everybody on yellow. And I realized <laughs> what he meant. He was like asking the girls, like, are you paying attention? Are to you watching? Oh, I love it. So I thought it was cute, but he sent his little voice. was like, everybody on yellow. <laughs> I was like, what is he talking about? And I was like, oh, he's trying to make sure they're paying attention. Like he that's gets wonderful. It. Oh, that's so great. Yeah. We, um, we have a word, but at ours, the way we have it set up is ice they Anyone can say it. And it means like, mm-hmm. Hey, there's something, even my little one, she's like, there's something shady. And so then she'll <laughs> say what the word is. And so, but she knows, and, and she knows what it means that if she says it, then everyone's like, what, but I love adding the color element to it because the way that ours is like, I'll just say it's banana. If I said like banana, And then we have a response to that. The response to like, show that you, that if they said banana, then maybe I would say like peeled banana means like, I see the threat and it's fine. Thank you for like, thank you for wearing me. I'm on it. I think we're good. Um, but so they have a word and then I say it back, or I could say the danger word if it's something that I see, but I like adding the color element because there are times when you need to not ask questions. You need Mm -hmm. to get in your, you need to step up and we're, we're out. (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we're, yeah. we're moving. Um, and so I really like that idea. Amber, this was so helpful. I feel like we could just go on for another 30 minutes about all these things. Um, and I know you have so much content on this. So that's why I had you here since you really are an expert and I will put your Instagram link down below. I hope that everyone will follow you or they can, um, I'll, I'll link all of your places so that they can find all the resources you have available. If you are a mama who's into nature adventuring, we did a podcast about adventuring with your children, um, months and months, the fall of 2020, I think is when we put that one out. But, um, Amber has so many resources, um, through all of her field craft survival stuff that you should have available for when you're doing your nature adventures with your kids, um, aside from just putting these things into practice. So Amber, thank you so much for helping to prepare these mamas so that we can help equip our children to grow into, um, fully functioning, safe, healthy adults, which is the goal. Yes. Leaders, little leaders. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. I'm, I'm honored. I've been honored to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks. I look forward to keeping in touch. Bye. Sounds good. Bye. What an encouragement Amber was. I loved that she put things in such specific ways that we can actually begin doing them now. I really like things to be tangible for you guys. So I love that she gave the ideas of just talking with our kids all the time. I think about that passage. I've mentioned it countless times in this podcast and Deuteronomy that talks about, um, talking with our children when we walk along the road, when we lie down, when we get up, 
it's the same thing. It's just putting different words into those conversations. And I am confident that by putting some intentionality into the conversations that you have with your children, they will feel equipped and prepared to do the bold work that God has called them to. And you are going to be preparing them for that as you make this a new intentional way in your life. Hey, if this was an encouragement to you today, I would love it if you would share it with your friends. I think every mom needs to listen to this and be able to put these things into practice. So I'll put it on my Instagram. You can share it there, send it in a text to a friend, tell them, Hey, you need to listen to this and give them a why tell them something that was encouraging to you. Make sure you tag Amber in it and tag me in it. Amber has so much wisdom to share on her Instagram. If you don't follow her yet, get over there and do that. And I would love to see you on mine at seek holy living as well. Have a great week. See you next week, friends. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. So you don't miss any of our weekly conversations and check out our show notes below where I have links to the resources mentioned on the podcast. I release a new podcast every Monday and additional content at seekholyliving.com, including a video of this conversation and a deeper dive into all things mom. Also, be sure to follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Seek Holy Living for more fun and conversation. If this was an encouragement to you, please share it with your friends. And join us for next week's fun conversation about singing through the day.